Baseball is back. And so are we, Twin Sports with Lou and Phil on WSJU. Twin Sports, Lou and Phil, I am your host, Louis Damiano, alongside Philip Damiano. And we are live in studio, Marillac Hall, on a beautiful feel-good Friday. It's a feel-good Friday because, I mean, finally, 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 the CBA and whoever else you want to call it, the owners, they have come to an agreement. Baseball's back. Phil, your initial thoughts. You know, the first thought... I- I wasn't even able to be on like on top of this because I was in traffic, rush hour, rushing to practice, softball practice. And then I, I looked at my phone. I didn't look at my phone for three hours. I looked at it, and I see hundreds of text messages on my phone. I go, oh, it's got to be the CBA. And, yeah, baseball's back. And the cool thing about it is it's been, what, f- almost three and a half months since the lo- for the lockout, 99 days it took them to come to an agreement. And we're – there's just so much to get started. I mean, spring training starts today or tomorrow or Sunday. It's like Friday, Saturday, Sunday is when everyone's reporting. But not only that where it's like, yeah, baseball's back and they're about to start spring training, but there's a whole off season to happen. And there's so much to get into. It's it's just great to be back. It is. And the first thing, I mean, I think the thing that got everybody excited was the first thing that everybody saw, you know, from every single baseball writer was, hey, as soon as they, you know, at 6 p.m. last night on Thursday, as soon as they, like, the owners and everybody, as soon as it's all finalized, free agency is going to start right away. So free agency had, I mean, it's probably, what are we, like over 12 hours in now. I think we're like 17 hours into free agency, something like that. There hasn't been a move yet. But John Morosi of MLB Network yesterday said on Twitter that he was speaking to an agent. He said that things are extremely busy. Um, listen, it's how long, it's been 99 days since teams have been able to talk with players and player agents. Maybe you know there was some stuff you know behind the scenes where they were still talking a little bit. But now they are allowed to finally um, negotiate contracts and talk with multiple teams. Now we're going to be able to find out and see. Is Freddie Freeman actually going to leave the Atlanta Braves? Is he going to leave the Braves to come to the Yankees? Is he going to leave the Braves to go to the L.A. Dodgers? You know, we still have some big fish to to see who, where they're going to go. Report comes out this morning that the Chicago Cubs are in. They're 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 in on the Carlos Correa sweepstakes. Could Carlos Correa leave Houston? You know, you have some of these big name players that didn't sign before the lockout, and now they're able to sign. And it's like, man, if these guys actually leave their teams, that's like a big shift. You know, for that for the. I mean, because you look at it for like, say the Yankees. You see the Yankees where they are. If they bring in a Freddie Freeman, that changes their entire outlook for the off season. Because I mean, what are the Yankee fans talking about? What are Yankee reporters talking about? The Mets. It's the Mets. They they made all these moves, and we're, we sat back and we did absolutely nothing. You mentioned it yesterday, and, and you're like, "Hey, Lou, imagine like the Yankees this entire offseason, the I'm lockout, here. Yeah. and they have to do something." And that's and that's why I want to get into because before the lockout, first of all, everyone knew that there was going to be a lockout, and you saw a little flurry of moves where you know a little late November, right before the deadline, the Mets made all these moves, and. You think there there was a good portion of teams who made moves like the Mariners made some, the Blue Jays made some, and the Mets. But I mean, and there were Texas Rangers who gave out those two big contracts to Simeon and Corey Seager. But there is so many teams, and there are so many free agents out there who did not, who were like, you know, we're just going to wait to the lockout ends, and then we'll get set on who we're going to sign, and um, even the big time guys like Chris Bryant and Correa and Story and Freeman and all those guys. But for me, it's that I just didn't understand it because baseball starts in a month. 
I mean, the season starts in less than a month, and you have over set like so many free agents, so many teams who haven't even started their off season yet. So basically, it is December first for all these teams in the off season. But it is day one of spring training, also. So there, I mean, these teams—they've had so many, so much time to plan and who we want and how much and like all the free agents are going to target. But also, it's the agents and the players who have to decide where they want to go, who do I, who gives me the best deal, and all that. So I just think that if you if you're a team, and like I said with the Yankees yesterday, I mean, the Yankees have done nothing. The only guy they've signed is Jose Peraza. So if you're the Yankees and you want to compete and you see the Blue Jays and how good they are and the Red Sox, even the Red Sox, they didn't make any moves yet. Are they going to bring back Kyle Schwarber? Do they get in on the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes? There's just so much that needs to happen in a short period of time that, yes, do we see like these big-time free agents go unsigned maybe till opening day maybe? I'm not, I'm just saying, not that long, but I mean, two weeks up to opening day, because you always see it take. It's a process, and yes, I mean, those agents' phones are probably lighting up like crazy. It's just that there's just so much to do in a short period of time, and that's why I think for the Mets, which we will get to, I think that they were they they did the right thing. Where yes, they got they got Scherzer, they got. Marte, they got Canada, they got Eduardo Escobar. They got a lot of stuff done, but there still needs to be more work done. But the Met- they, they got started in their offseason before the Listen, lockout. The Mets put themselves in position where once they do come out of the lockout, they're not desperate. Yeah, they're not behind. They're not going to be a, they're not like a team like maybe the Yankees or some of these other teams. Like look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers haven't really done anything. You know, I I, kept, I mentioned Freddie Freeman and I mentioned Carlos Correa. What about Clayton Kershaw? What about Kenley Jansen? Those those are two guys where you think of those two players, you think of the Dodgers. Those two are free agents. Could those two guys leave? The Mets put themselves in position where hey, they, it, would, it would be a luxury. It would be an absolute luxury if they brought in another big-time bat. If I, they brought, I don't see if it. They, no, I understand. But it's, like I said, a luxury. If they brought in a Chris Bryant, luxury. If they bring back Conforto, luxury. They don't have to do something like that. But they, if they, whereas, say they didn't get a Canna, say they didn't get a Marte, say they didn't get an Escobar, they would be more inclined to make a splash move offensively with, with a right or left-handed bat. But because they signed those guys, right, and because they addressed the top end of the rotation, yes, do they still need to bring in another guy in the rotation? They absolutely 100% need to to bring in more major league arms for the rotation. But because they got that, because they got Scherzer, you know, we're not going into the lockout freaking out as Met fans saying, "Hey, we need Radon before another team signs him, or yeah. we need this guy before another team that, signs him." And that's the thing. That's the thing with, with mm-hmm. the Mets because they brought in Scherzer. It's like okay. You know, we, as Mets fans, we're excited as heck. We have Steve Cohen. He's willing to spend money. He, don't, he doesn't care about the tax. He doesn't care about that stuff. I have to say, and you mentioned that, that's a big thing with the Mets gang, Max Scherzer. They got their big dog in the sense where you're, if you're looking at another team. They're looking for their big dog. Like, imagine being a Braves fan right now. Yes, I understand the World Series and all that, but, I mean, your franchise player, Freddie Freeman. Imagine having to sit throughout this whole time without knowing if Freddie Freeman's coming back. And now, I mean... And, and all these other teams are like, hey, listen, if we want to compete and we want to be back in that in, in that conversation of winning, you know, we have to make that big splash. So there's... I feel that if you're... Because you see it all the time. You see it with Craig Kimbrell when he went to the yes. Cubs and signed midseason. Mm-hmm. I feel that when you sign late, out of any sport, baseball, mentally, and that whole... Because yes. of the process and all yeah. that good stuff and getting... Like, adapting to it. Yeah. I think baseball... 
like having a foundation early, and that's why I think the Mets. It was so important to get these, like, to get those signings out of the way. The, they have a lot of work to still do, but I think they have set a very good foundation so that guys are accustomed to. I understand they weren't able to talk yes. to the coaches, but I think they set up a foundation yeah. where they can still like build on it. Listen, they have their shortstop in Lindor. They have their big time shortstop. They have their they have their big time. I mean, they have two aces. They have Degrom. They have Scherzer. They have their closer in Edwin Diaz. Do they still need relief help? Yes. Now listen, you mentioned the Braves, Freddie Freeman. I mean, these Braves fans are probably freaking out. You know that yes, they still have Acuna, they still have Ozzy Albies, they still have the young starting pitching. But Freddie Freeman's their guy, right? When you think of the Braves, it's Freddie. I mean, I understand you can make the argument Acuna's better, but Freddie no, Freeman. He's not. No, he's not. no, I'm just saying. But Freddie Freeman is the, like you think of the Braves, you think Freddie Freeman. That's all I'm saying. I want to I want to compare this. I know because like we listen. There's so much going on in the sports world. We have March Madness, Biggie's tournament, St. John's play last night. Terrible, terrible loss. You know, you have football free agency. You know, they could start uh, ne- uh, negotiating contracts with free agents starting Monday with the agents, and then they could officially sign the new league year next Wednesday at, I believe, 4 o'clock. The NHL trade deadline is 10 days away from now. So, uh, t- in all sports, we uh, the action's going to—I mean, we're, I mean this, is, this is what we live for right here. This is what we live for. <laughs> but when we talk about the Mets in the offseason right now, right, they have their foundation. I want to I want to compare—this uh, is almost like a football team where they're going— into free agency and a football team wants to make splash moves and t- this is where i say fans should relax a, like they should you know relax a little bit okay because when there's teams in free agency especially in the NFL like say you have the team like the Green Bay Packers the Bills the Chiefs right yeah fans will be upset that they might not sign a, a certain guy but they know that they have their guy in Aaron Rodgers, in Josh Allen, in Patrick Mahomes, where it's like, you know what? He didn't want to come here. It's okay. We have our guy. We have the face of the franchise. I think the Mets have the face of the franchise. I mean, you got you want to make the argument it's DeGrom, it's Scherzer, it's Lindor, it's Alonzo. They have a ton of guys. Their foundation is built right now. It's a matter of, all right, how are we going to support those other guys? You know, Who are we going to bring in to relie- for relief help? Who's going to be our number four, number five starter? Right? We have Scherzer. We have DeGrom. We have Carrasco. You know, Tyler McGill, uh, David Peterson, you know, Yamamoto showed up to spring training this morning. Who's going to be in the back end of that rotation? I think that, um, you know, if the, Met, if the Mets don't get Chris Bryant, do you, uh, I can Mets I, fans no, be— No, but here's my but thing. Can, can they be a little bummed out? Sure. Is it the end of the world? Absolutely well, time not. Out, time out. Well, you're also seeing reports now, John Heyman has said it, that Bryce Harper is trying to get Chris Bryant to Philadelphia. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, the Mets have to sign Chris Bryant. No. I'm kidding. I, no, I, for me, it's like this. Yes, Chris Bryant, I think the name is more... I think his name brings so much more attention than to... Listen, I think he's a really good player, but I think his best years are behind him. I really do. I I just... You look at the trade to the San Francisco Giants, what impact did he have to that team? I'm just saying, Lou, if you're a good team, is Chris Bryant getting you that much better where you're like, wow... Or, Lou, hear me out. Are you giving Chris Bryant six years, $170 million or $150 million? Or would you rather get Kenley Jansen and trade for Luis Castillo? What do you think, Lou? What I'm do you, paying attention. What do you think makes the Mets better? Signing Chris Bryant or signing Kenley Jansen and trading for Luis Castillo? What do you think that says? What, the pitching. Like, exactly. So I think that if I'm the Mets... 
But I don't, I, I don't think you can. If they get Chris Bryant and they don't get the other two, I'm happy. No, either I way. understand. But if you I ask me, what that. do I prefer? I mean, you're, you're getting a big guy in the back end of that bullpen. You know, you're saying uh, late in the games where you need an out, and you're telling me I'm bring, I'm putting in Kenley Jansen. I mean, he's pitching literally every big game that you can imagine. Yeah, give me Kenley Jansen. You want to give me a guy, Luis Castillo, his arm. Could it be instead of Luis Castillo? Could it be a guy like Tyler, uh, Tyler Male? You know, uh, Ty, could he be available? We talked about it a few weeks ago when we were talking about the Oakland A's. Could a guy? Um, could one of their one of the guys in the? I mean, what are we? We talked about three guys in the maybe Oakland they A's trade rotation. with the Oakland could, A's. Could one of the guys in the Oakland A's? Could that be the guy that the Mets go out and trade for? I mean, we saw the JD Davis report saying he thinks it's sixty forty that he's out of here. Well, well, I think he's staying. I no, think out of all I the guys, that. but when we talk about trades, right? The Mets because when you talk about. Say, are the Mets in for, on Freddie Freeman? No. Are they in on Chris Bryant? Not really. But if they do go after one of those guys, does, don't you think that could limit them in a sense where, I mean, think about it. They're not getting Freddie Freeman. But if they get Freddie Freeman, I mean, they're tying themselves up. I mean, Freddie Freeman's a great player, but then they're really tying yeah. themselves up. Freddie it's, Freeman at first, I, I locked in at Alonzo at the DH, and they're limited elsewhere. I think the key with baseball, and I feel you cannot be so top-heavy where – you need you need a balanced roster, and I feel that the Mets. I think that they, who they have brought in free agency wise with, you know, Marte, Canna, Eduardo Escobar, and there's no way. I mean, think think about it. Yeah. Je- that was Jeff Mc Jeff McNeil's floor. That's his floor. I tell me not Dom Smith, Jeff McNeil, J D Davis, how they performed last year, and J D was hurt. Mm-hmm. I think he's a lot better than what he should. I think he played through a wrist injury the entire year. I did not think he was himself. Mm-hmm. I think he's a lot better than that. I think I also think Donald Smith and, uh, and Jeff McNeil, that was their floor. They can only go up from there. And with the three guys they brought in, I think that they can piece together enough offense, especially with Alonzo. But do you think Lindor. that's too many pieces to try and— No, Lou, I think— because no, would you rather I don't. have that many pieces? Would you rather have that that one guy that you know, you pencil him in, and he's there? The Here's- only guy I would do that for is Freddie Freeman. I mean, granted, I mean, you have all these other free agent uh, position players, but the only guy I would consider doing it for is Freddie Freeman. But I think if you're the Mets, I'm not giving out any more big contracts to position players. Um, I, I'd rather go and piece together a well-balanced uh, bullpen and pitching staff so that you can last throughout an entire season. I mean, you're dom- you have to be dominant pitching. So I don't care about because they have the offense. Lou, I'm telling you, they have. If if these because you cannot just go out and say, hey, I, we're going to count on this guy to come in and save us. No, no, you have to also count on Lindor to bounce back, Alonzo to be be as consistent. You you need Nimmo to be healthy for a full 162 games, and then you count on the other guys. I th- I think you need to do that, and then hope. And then, and then build off the rotation and the bullpen because I really do think if you bring in a Kenley Jansen, a, another guy at the back end of that bullpen where you're, you're saying where you're like the Brewers, where you're saying, hey, get us this through six innings, seven, eight, nine in that bull, seven, eight, nine in the game in the innings, we're locked down. That's what I, I need shut down guys at the end to say so that we can close out games and people fear us when we're winning late in games. I, That's how I feel. And then to bring in a guy like Luis Castillo to be behind the Grom and you're Scherzer, not asking him to be the ace. You're I'm not. not and that's what people don't understand, guys. That he has all star potential and he's young. He. You can make the argument if he comes and he's in. Consistent. He's consistent. He, th- I mean, people are like, oh, we need a guy who eats innings. Well, he's all of the above. The guy has over thirty starts every year, and he has all star potential. And you're not even asking him to be that. You're just asking him to be a number three. 
He might you, you bring him in. You might slot him in at number four, depending on how you know the health of Carrasco and how he's looking. And right also, now. I also think that's the thing with the Mets. There are so many guys who underperformed last year that they can only go up. I really do believe that. So I think if you could bring in a guy in the bullpen and the rotation who are saw listen, Carlos Rodon, I'd be all for it. It's just that I if you're the Mets and you're going for it, why not go for more of the sure thing and higher potential? Okay. So, I mean, you look at the Mets lineup right now, right? It, right now, you're looking at Brandon Nimmo leading off. Then you got Lador, Marte, Alonzo, Eduardo Escobar, Mac, Mark Hanna, Jeff McNeil, J, uh, J.D. Davis at DH, James McCann, the nine here. Remember, DH. We have the DH coming up. So somebody's going to be DHing. And here's another thing. Yes, pe- people go, oh, we have Robinson Cano. He's going to be DH. I understand that. But... Are you really going to count on Robinson Cano as like 39, 40 years old, coming off a year where he didn't play? Are you telling me, oh, yeah, we're not going to go out and get someone because we have Robinson Cano under contract? I, I just I don't believe that. I understand it, but I don't believe it. I, I, I just don't understand how you can put all your cards. I understand. I guess with mm-hmm. McNeil, Dom Smith, yep. and J.D. Davis, you have other options. But I'm not going to say, hey— I'm I'm not going out and getting someone because we have, yeah. have Robinson. Well, let me ask you a question, right? Because you know we, we were talking about Chris Bryant. There's probably people listening right now, and they're like, "But Chris Bryant, you you talk about you know it's not just his hitting, his value at all the positions where he could play third, he could play first, he could play the corner outfield positions, in a pinch he could play center field for you, right? Well, he played six positions last year, and five out of the six he graded neg- negatively at five of the six according to outs above average. Statcast, right? So right there, five out of the six positions that Brian played, he was negative. Now, other people are probably like, but you're not. You haven't mentioned Kyle Schwarber yet. This is the name that I keep talking about. Where hey, we mentioned a Freddie Freeman, we mentioned a Chris Bryant, a Conforto. Those guys are looking for big bucks, right? We all know Kyle Schwarber absolutely killed the Mets last year. I mean, the guy hit a gazillion home runs last year at City Field. I, I mean, remember that game? Where, what he hit like three home runs in, in that day game in Washington against the Mets. I think we he like, fits. I really where do. Where we were like, whatever, right? I think we talk about all the bats out there. Could it be uh, uh, Castellanos? Maybe. But the, do, do the Mets want to risk losing their first-round draft pick by signing a guy like Castellanos? Plus, he's coming off his best season. You know, I think that a guy, you talk about DH, the defense. I know Kyle Schwarber, you think of him, he's purely a DH. And you bring him in, he's probably going to play DH for you four out of the seven games in a week. Maybe even more than that. I think that Kyle Schwarber... They have, I mean, listen, they didn't, they, they've been lacking right-handed bats, but I think that with what they've done in the offseason, with the Marte, with the Canna, they have, they have the right-handed bats. They do with Alonzo in that lineup. You have Lindor, switch hitter. I think that they don't lack that right-handed hitter anymore where you could say, hey, they're in the offseason. They could get a left-handed bat. They could get a right-handed bat, and whichever one's the better option, I think that they prefer the left-handed option, but I think that either one's fine. Kyle Schwarber is the guy I know, very limited defensively. I just, I just said that. Chris Bryant, five out of the six positions, negative, according to StatCast, outs above average. I know Schwarber isn't great defensively, and Bryant's better. But we're talking, you know, what the Mets need, price range, where everything fits that, in the payroll. Yeah, I think mm. Kyle Schwarber might be the guy that the Mets should go out and get, if they're going to go out and get another bat. You just, uh, do you really, but I, listen, we talk about value. Remember when Sandy Olsen no, was here, we I, were talking about value. I, do you want to? I don't. I, you, no on the Kyle Schwarber? Uh, I'd be thrilled. I just don't think it's reasonable. Because, All right, so let me give you a— No, because I, my reasoning is because I think that he's going to have such a big market where he can go to the Brewers. He can go no, to yeah. the—he he could go to the Red Sox. He could go to the—I um, just feel like there are so many options for mm-hmm. him, and there's going to be so many teams that are willing to give him a big offer. Mm-hmm. I don't think if the Mets are going to be like, hey, let's outbid 
yeah. a team so, for Schwarber. I think that if there's other guys that they're going to want to outbid teams for, I just don't know if they're going to do that for Schwarber. So let's take out Correa. Let's take out Story. Castellanos, let's take him out. Probably not get, most likely not getting any of those guys, right? I mean, it, could it happen? Sure. Will it happen? No. Correa definitely not happening. But, you know, when we talk about the big fish, I'm reading the article in The Athletic. I was reading it before the show. You know, you have a Freddie Freeman, you have a Chris Bryant, a Kyle Schwarber, a Conforto, right? I'm um, the guy from Japan or whatever. Saya Suzuki. Yeah, I mean, of those guys, you know, I mentioned four or five guys right there. Is Schwarber the top, the, the top dog? Like realistically speaking, you know, Conforto. Who who do you think has a better chance of coming to the Mets next year, Schwarber or Conforto? Well, they are. Andy Martino already said they're out on Conforto. Okay. So I'm saying I I don't think I think Steve Cohen and this whole regime wants their own guys. So I would say probably Schwarber, but I just don't think it's happening. So, I really don't. So then those are the big fish, right? Now what about other guys out there? Maybe a guy like you know we look at who was on the Atlanta Braves for their World Series run. Eddie Rosario, could he be possible? I was a big Jorge Soler guy at the trade deadline and in the postseason. Here's yeah, but here's if Jorge my Soler thing. comes here, is he a part-time player? That's is he what I'm saying. To I think that? I think when you're looking at guys like that. I just don't know if the Mets offer that full. And you saw it last year with Kiki Hernandez. Mm-hmm. He went to the Red Sox because they said, hey, you know, be an everyday center fielder for us or be an everyday second baseman. You're going to play every single day. I think that there are going to be a bunch of teams whose market, I mean, who are going to be interested in that player, yes. that they're going to offer them more money or just the same and more playing time and more assurance. I just don't know if the Mets offer that because of how much depth they have. Now, listen, they may. It may open up if they make a trade for a starting pitcher and trade uh, Jeff McNeil or Dom Smith. But right now, I just, I just don't know who you're going to get offensively. I really don't. Maybe I think the Mets focus right now. And here's a guy I want in the rotation. You talk about, oh, Aaron Loop. Why didn't you bring Aaron Loop back? Andrew Chafin, Chafin, who was on the Cubs and got traded um, to the Athletics at the trade deadline this past season. I think he's a perfect fit. I really do. I th- he gets lefties out. He gets righties out. Um, I, I really do. He, he's... You would need a replacement. You need another lefty in that bullpen. Brad Hand, he's available, but he did a nice job for him last year in September. But I, I, I think his best years, are, best days are behind him. I really do. I think he's really on the down, like on the downfall. So I'm looking at a guy like Andrew Chafin, and you know, I, I maybe even a Ryan Tapera, another arm who went from the Cubs to the White Sox and the. Uh, Kimbrel trade. Maybe they Mets trade for Kimbrel because there are reports out there that the White Sox may trade Kimbrel and they need a second baseman. So maybe you pull a you know trade there. Uh, maybe Kimbrel for McNeil. Who says no or something along those well, lines. Well, I mean, it's also like you look at the White Sox payroll as well. The White Sox, you know, how far are they willing to go um, with their payroll? There's a ton of questions going around all around the league. You mentioned you know the Phillies. You know the Phillies. They have Aaron Nola. They have Zach Wheeler. I mean, they bring in Chris Bryant. I mean, you're talking about. Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant, the the guys that have in the rotation, their bullpen still stinks. I mean, did they, did yeah, but they address their bullpen? You, no, maybe. Oh yeah, they got um, Corey Knable. Okay. Um, yeah, but I think Lou, I'm telling you, I think if you're the Mets, you guys say, okay, how do we beat the Phillies? How do we beat the Braves? I think the way you do that is by building a rotation and building a bullpen because you can't have because you look at the Phillies last year, they had the offense. What what killed them? Their defense and their bullpen. Mm-hmm. So if you're the Mets, you guys say, hey, yes, our bullpen's pretty good. We have Seth Lugo. We have Edwin Diaz. We have Trevor May. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, people got put Drew Smith's name in there. He's very underrated, Drew Smith. 
Uh, yeah, I, t- I mean, I totally agree. But, but I think I think if you're the Mets, get me another— who makes, who, Let me ask you a question. Who makes—say there's one splash move or, like, one bigger-name move coming from one of these New York teams. It, do you think it's the Yankees or the Mets? I mean, you got it. I mean, do we say the Yankees by default? Yeah, but I don't believe it. I really don't. Who are they going to get? Do you th- do you I, is Trevor Story a splash move? Yeah, he is. But my, in my opinion, if they were going to sign someone, I, wouldn't you? Why didn't they do it before the lockout? Why are they waiting to now? What's the difference? I mean, you saw they weren't really in on anyone before. So then there were reports that came out. Oh, Freddie Freeman. If they don't get, if they don't get Story or Correa, who's their shortstop next year? Angelton Simmons. If they sign him. I mean, no, but seriously, like the Yankees. I don't think they want World Series expectations. They had a down year. They have a ton of holes to fill. They didn't do anything before the lockout. They they, they literally watched the Mets bring in Max Scherzer and Mark Hanna, Eduardo Escobar, and Charlotte Marte, and they're not even going to bring in a. a, a, a Correa or Story no, no. to fill in a hole. Well, I know they have Volpe, low. and they don't want to trade Volpe for Matt Olson from Oakland. But I mean, how do the Yankees justify? Seriously, how do they justify going into the next season? You know, entering well, spring low, trading, they're going to make they're going to make moves. I just who makes the splash move? And if 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 it is the Mets, what's the splash move? Kenley Jansen or a trade for a pitcher? What about Kershaw? No. Mm. I mean, seriously, Max Scherzer, Phil, think about it. Max Scherzer was with Kershaw in L.A. What if Max is like, hey, hey, Clayton, buddy, you want to come over and pitch with me? I mean, think about it, Phil. I mean, if they get Kershaw, we're talking about one of the greatest one, two, threes of all time. I mean, serious. I mean I'm, I'm dead serious. We're talking about one of the greatest one, two, threes in the rotation of all time with a DeGrom, Scherzer, and Kershaw. I'm serious. Max Scherzer, I mean, you saw the pictures that they posted, or I forget what it was, or I, where I saw it. But imagine, Max Scherzer says, hey, Clayton, come over here. Come over to the Mets, play on the East Coast with me, and let's go win a World Series. I mean, it's total. I mean, would you be surprised, Phil? I mean, they have the connection. They have the connection. It's pop- I mean, I'd, I'd say Kershaw's a splash move if they do do it. Yeah, I just don't see it. Because, like, how, I, don't, I don't see Radonna's a splash move. I know, but for me, it's Kershaw. You're going to give him multiple years, and I just don't know if— Three he's, years, sixty million. He's been with the Dodgers for so long. He's getting up there. He hasn't pitched a full year since I believe twenty sixteen. So it's been six years where he's been healthy. He's always dealt with injuries every year. I don't think he's pitched over one hundred thirty innings since twenty sixteen. Though, so I'd rather go and trade for Luis Castillo. I'm not. I'm. I'm. The Mets every year they keep going. Eh, you know, if this guy's this, if this guy's that. Get me the sure thing, because if you want to win, you you have to go out there. I'm tired. It's the same moves, different players, same type of moves. You know, getting a guy past his prime. Give me Luis Castillo, who's in his prime. Give me that. Um, for me with the Yankees, it's I'll believe it when I see it almost, because I don't know if they're willing to spend. Yes, they've been linked to Freddie Freeman, but is that just for a show, or are they serious? I don't know, because I think the Yankees, I don't know. But for me... I mean, I think the splash move for the Mets realistically is Kenley Jansen. That no, yeah, I think that's realistic because I think he's going to have a market. I think the Mets are going to say, "Hey, you know, let's give us a one A to one B in our bullpen," and that's the move I would make. Kenley Jansen, uh huh, because I want to lock down the game at in the end. Um, but I, I think the Mets they took care of a lot. But I, for me, what they did. It, for me, what they need to do is get a pitcher, two pitchers at least, 
bullpen, starter. Uh, and for the Yankees, I, I and there's just so many teams you don't know because it's it's like the winter meetings, but it's the spring meetings where everyone's got to sign now. So it will be there's so many free agents out there. I just don't know what these what these teams are going to do. Um, and people are like, oh, I think that because there's no tampering, you see guys in the NBA sign right away because there's tampering. And I also think it's because there's a lot, um, there's a salary cap, and you know everyone knows what each person's value value is. But I think because baseball doesn't have really a hard cap, and the and the owners want as many years because that's the thing in football and you know basketball. There's a certain amount of years people will go to. They're not going way too big. In foot in baseball, I mean, you see guys wanting six year deals, five year deals, seven year deals. So it's just so hard, and then it's about the money, and then the compromise. So we'll see. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's so nice for everything to be back and to get you get things going again, and to realize that baseball's season's going to be like you're going to see baseball games on in less than in like a week from today. There's going to be spring training games. So, and that's another thing about when the regular season starts. Are guys going to be like? Jacob DeGrom was be able to pitch 70 pitches on opening day, and that's it. Yeah, right. Because, I, because these guys are going to be stretched out. I mean, I understand that they've been working out, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, let's get over to the football quickly. We have t- about 10 minutes left here in the show. Um, free agency. I mentioned it earlier in the show. It's, you know, they could start talking with players and agents, teams on Monday. So, I mean,. You know, technically, the the new league year and teams can't start signing you know uh, like new players until Wednesday. But you always hear it once the you know once that window opens, you're going to start hearing deals Monday, Tuesday, and then by Wednesday when the league year actually does start, I mean free agency is practically going to be over. Let's talk about the Giants here quickly because a lot of talk this week going around about Mitch Trubisky. I I, I mean do you. The Giants are a team that has not a lot. They don't have a lot of cap space. They have some decisions to make. We saw Sterling Shepard. He agreed to a big pay cut, so he's going to remain with the team for next year. He's going to try and build up his value again. So you know that he's going to be back. You're going to have Kenny Galladay, and you're going to have um, Young Joka. So you have those three receivers right there. And who knows when Sterling Shepard? I know he suffered that injury late in the year. Who knows when he's going to come back? But this is a team that has a lot of you know holes to fill. You know they still. I know we talk about the offensive line a lot, but they have those. Top, two, they have those two top picks, and what the top seven, where they're going to be able to take one of those tackles. Hope, I mean, unless something crazy happens, they're most likely going to have you know a shot at one of those top tackles. So you got to think you're going to have Andrew Thomas out on one side and whoever they draft on the other. The question is, what do they do with that other draft pick? Do they go out and get an edge rusher? And you know, we talk about holes in their secondary, right? What's going to happen with James Bradbury? You know. Uh, A team that doesn't have a lot of cap space, okay, and a team that has draft picks and they want to basically reset the cap because they're in a bad situation right now. You know, Joe Shane's number one job when he set when he first got the job. You know, my job's to reset the cap. You know, he's got to build this thing back up and he's got to start over. And I'm not sure that getting into a bidding war because listen, the Colts need a quarterback. You know, I know Washington just traded for Carson Wentz, right? But there are other teams around the league. We don't really know what they're going to do. You know, who's going to be the quarterback for Seattle? Is it really going to be Drew Locke? Who's going to be the? I mean, we got to think that Davis Mills is going to be the guy in um, Houston. But there are so many questions about teams around the league where. Who their quarterback is? Kirk Cousins going to get traded, right? So there are going to be teams. You know, who's going to be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers? We don't know yet. Where so where is Mitch going to play? Because teams are going to start bidding for players, especially quarterbacks. You know, Jimmy, where's Jimmy Garoppolo going to go? Right? Where's a Marcus Mariota going to go? 
You know, these guys are going to start to sign. And if you get into a bidding war for a backup quarterback, because this is my question to you. We're not Daniel Jones guys. We are not Daniel Jones fans, right? But are any of those guys, including Mitch, and I know Mitch was under Brian Dable and Joe Shane last year in Buffalo. I'm not a, we're not Daniel Jones guys. But if they bring in Mitch, is the, what's his impact over Daniel Jones? Like, what is his impact? That's, is it substantial enough? Over Daniel Jones, where you're going to say, yeah, they should bring him in and they should you know, allocate some of their money, the little money that they do have, to a backup quarterback? No, I, I don't. I don't think it makes much sense, I think. I mean, if, especially if you're Mitch and you know that there's going to be starting quarterback jobs open, why would you go to a place where you're going to be competing for a job? I, I, I don't understand it. And also, like you said, the Giants don't have that much cap space, so why would they do that when you have Daniel Jones here? They got, and then maybe you draft one next year. And even if that's not the, I mean, why are you going to give Mitch the money if you if you know what he is and you don't think you can win with them? So, I for me it doesn't make sense. Um, if I was him, I'd go somewhere like the Steelers or you know a team that offers a job to you know be the guy with the team around him that's ready to win. That's the thing. The Giants aren't ready to win. So if Mitch comes here, he's not going to look that good, and they're not going to win that many games. So it's just going to hurt his value. I think if he goes somewhere where they have a talented roster and he is able to start and he wins the job and they win games and he looks good and it's like, hey, he could get another payday. So I just don't think from his sense it makes – I mean, from his I, side, it makes much sense. I don't think – I mean, think about it, right? You're, there's, there's quarterback openings in, with certain teams. Let me give you three teams, right? Want to say the Giants? Fine. Giants are, the one, are one team. What about the Colts? What about the Steelers? You could, I mean, it's not even close. The Giants are third on that list in terms of where you're going to have success. Could Mitch Trubisky look pretty good? Sure, he, he might look pretty good, right? He's been in the system before. But is he going to win games? Probably not. He's not going to win any games here with the Giants probably next year. Could he go to the playoffs with the Colts? Yeah. Could he go to the playoffs with the Steelers? I mean, the Steelers just made the playoffs with Big Ben. So why can't Mitch take the, take the Steelers to the playoffs next year? I just don't. I think the Giants have other holes to fill on this roster where it's like, what's going to happen with Blake Martinez? Blake Martinez leaves. Who's going to be your linebacker, right? You still, you got to, like, who's going to be your, you still need to find your edge rusher, right? Why not go out and spend, you know, on a little bit of money on a guy, maybe like Emmanuel Agua. He's probably going to get too much money, right? But why, instead of going after a guy like that, why are we going to say, you know what, I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky? When, yes, you could say, you're going to, listen, you're going to have fans on one side, fans on the other, saying Mitch is better, and you're going to have other fans saying Daniel Jones is better. I think I'm in the middle. I, I think Mitch is better, but when in terms of impact and, you know, who's going to win you more games, I don't think it's a big difference. I truly do not think that Mitch Trubisky has a, a big enough edge over Daniel Jones where you're going to want to carry both quarterbacks with the cap hit. I just don't think it makes any sense. Makes no sense. If you're a team like the Colts, the Steelers, it makes sense. But if you're a team like the Giants rebuilding, you know, I, no, I think that you know Dan Duggan in, in the Athletic for the Giants, he's really been the only guy who nailed it on the head. I see Jordan Renan and VSPN saying that, hey, Giants going to go after him, and other guys you know, from ESPN saying, hey, the Giants going to go after him. I, Dan Duggan's been the one guy who continues to say that the Giants don't have the money to go after and spend on a backup quarterback. So, Phil, I ask you, as a Giants fan, do you have, like, is there one thing, like, going into the offseason, is there one thing, you know, after free agency that you want the Giants to do? Yeah, I'll upgrade the offensive line. I don't care about anything else. Just, you guys set a foundation, and it starts with the offensive line. I mean, year after year, you know, season goes. The thing you take away from every season is offensive line things. We need to upgrade the offensive line. What happens? 
you know, free agency comes, they really don't upgrade it that much, and then the draft comes, hey, we have a top pick. What do we do? We don't upgrade the offensive line. It's like, what are we doing here? Oh, we took the best player available. Well, we need to upgrade the offensive line. I mean, how many years have we said that the Giants' offensive line is terrible and they don't do anything they about like it? They, like, half-fasted. They half-fasted. I, I, for me, just get it right for once. I mean... Really set a foundation that you can say, hey, you know, our offensive line is good. Now we can worry about every other, every everything else, and that's that's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not giving out any big contracts this off season. I think it makes no sense to because you're not ready to win. I feel like if you're giving out big contracts, you gotta be ready to win. And the Giants aren't there. They don't have their quarterback. You have to have your quarterback. You have to have you know you have to have the pieces. They don't have that. So I'm not giving out any. That's the thing. You can't say, hey, our you know. We're going to get all of our big pieces via free agency. No, you get all your big pieces via the draft. So that, that, that's my takeaway. And then, first of all, another thing. Why in the world will the Jets trade the 10th pick for DK Metcalf? Uh, t- I don't know. Makes no sense. Uh, you know, the one thing that caught my eye, because we kept talking about MLB free agency and the MLB offseason trades and signings, I mean, the NFL, man. The, it's like as soon as the lockout ends yesterday, we got bang. Khalil Mack traded to the Chargers. I mean, how about we talk? How about the AFC West? Now, listen, we only have a couple. We have two minutes left here in the show. But goodness gracious, you, you see, Russell Wilson traded into that division, and now yesterday you got Khalil Mack. So, Phil, I mean, you know, we talk about hey, if you need a quarterback, and then once you have the quarterback, you need to be able to get after the passer. I mean, the Chargers. I know their their defense sucked last year under, under uh, Brandon Staley, but geez, but you have. Herbert as a quarterback, and then, hey, we need to get after the passer. Who do you got? Yeah, we have Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. I mean, how is it possible that teams around the league allow the Chargers to get Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on well, the same team? because probably no one else wants to give up the second-round pick and pay him that money. That's I, why. But, I mean, my, would you take Khalil, Would you have done that trade if you were a team like, say, I don't know, if you are a team in the AFC? I mean— I wanted the Bills. Khalil Mack was one of the guys I wanted under the radar. I just didn't know if he would actually get traded now that he did get traded. Heck yeah, I would have done that trade. I mean, man, the AFC is stacked. And we're going we're gonna to be able to talk about it last, uh, next Friday um, on our show once again at 11 o'clock. We're probably going to go to around 11.40, 11.45. i got to get out of here, get to work. So, um, again, MLB, it's back. Everybody, it's like we're all literally nobody was talking talking about it. Really, like no, like in terms of games, getting ready for the season. Now that the lockout's over, everybody's in a rush. Everybody's ready, getting ready to go. It's like all right, we gotta get going. We gotta get going. So MLB, listen, baseball is gonna be back really soon. I can't wait for some spring training games. Gary Cohen, Keith Hernandez, and Ron Darling can't wait for that. Um, so remember, big week of sports ahead. We're going to be talking actually March Madness next week as well. I mean, we're going to be on the show, and we're going to be getting ready for some uh, I mean, for yeah. some games. I can't wait for the 12-5 matchup, baby. Remember, 12, the 12 seed. Remember that. Don't forget it. The 12 seed. 12, 12 versus 5. 11 versus 6. Yeah, never forget that. Don't Keep that in mind. Just keep that. Are, is Notre Dame going to be the 12 seed? Uh, you, may be, you may want Notre Dame to be the 12 seed because, I mean, let's be honest here. 12 seeds win, I'd say, a majority of the time. They're probably going to be somewhere between 10 and 12. Okay, so we have MLB free agency, MLB spring training kicking off. We have NFL free agency next Monday, Wednesday, whatever you want to call it. We have the NHL tra- trade deadline 10 days away. And, of course, we have March Madness. We'll be back next Friday. Talk about it with you on Twin Sports, Lou and Phil on WSJU Radio. And peace out. Deuces.